For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Now it's time to talk about Texas politics and the coming showdown there between populist Democrats and establishment Democrats. For that, we turn to D.D. Guttenplan. He's the nation's editor-at-large, and he's just returned from Texas, and he wrote the cover story on Texas politics for the nation. His book, American Radical, The Life and Times of I.F. Stone, was awarded the Sperber Prize for Biography. And his latest book, The Nation, A Biography, is available in print or as an ebook at thenation.com slash ebooks. We reached him today at home in London. Don Guttenplan, welcome back. Thanks for having me, John. Well, last time we talked with you here, you had just returned from Jackson, Mississippi, and Chakwe Lumumba. Before that, it was Montana. Now you've been reporting from South Texas, even though you live in London. How, how do you do it? I get a lot of uh, <laughs> I get a lot of air miles, but the um, the short version of it, uh, to quote the poet, is that something is happening here, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> you know, Chakwe Lumumba said he wants to make Jackson, Mississippi, the most radical city in the country, and meanwhile, in Texas, one of the reddest of red states, you have this rising crop of uh, young radicals who are unabashed about their politics and who are making serious challenges to the Democratic establishment. Well, the Democratic establishment in Texas certainly has had a terrible decade. Hillary was a disaster in Texas. She got, I think it was 43% of the vote. Republicans hold all the statewide offices. We're told the reason for that is because Texas voters are pro-gun and anti-immigrant and anti-regulation. We're told that Texas is not ready for Medicare for all or a $15 minimum wage or free college tuition. You just got back from Texas. How much of that is true? Well, almost none of that is true, and you don't have to take my word for it. Stan Greenberg has just published a poll, which has been widely commented on, pointing out that most Texans support stronger gun control, support expanded health care, and are even in favor of legalizing marijuana. So the stereotype that you and I, I must confess, had until a few weeks ago is 
is uh, out of date. And you have some firsthand evidence about this from a congressional district way down in the southwest corner of Texas along the Rio Grande, currently a Republican district, uh, where there's a interesting guy won the first round of the primaries named uh, Rich Trevino. Have I got that right? It's Rick Trevino. And yeah, Rick's district is bigger than the state of Illinois, or for that matter, bigger than the state of New York. It's one of the biggest districts in the country. Uh, he ran in the primary against a hand-picked candidate sponsored by the Castro brothers, you know, Joaquin and his brother, who basically run politics in San Antonio, which is at one side of the district. The other side of the district stretches almost to El Paso and then south along the Rio Grande. So it's 58,000 square miles. And uh, Rick was a high school history teacher who had been a Bernie delegate in Philadelphia, uh, cashed in his pension, quit his job, and with the, I think, $18,000 he got from his pension, bankrolled a candidacy which got him into the runoff against somebody who he, he finished second to against Gene Ortiz Jones, who spent a million dollars coming in first, and he spent about $40,000 coming in second. And what were the political issues between those two uh, candidates? Well, the political issues in the district are America's military misadventures, the lack of health care, the fact that most people's wages still haven't caught up with their expenses, you know, the, the economy that continues to cause pain for a lot of Americans. And I think what, what made Rick interesting is that he says, I'm not a liberal, I'm a lefty. He's an unabashed radical, uh, and he, he is running a real shoestring campaign, and yet he managed to outrun people who were much better funded and much better connected. Well, what the establishment folks say about situations like this is that the weaker Democrats should get out, and they define weaker mostly as meaning they have less money, that money talks, uh, to quote, money doesn't talk, it shouts in politics especially, and let the better-funded Democrats, you know, have a chance to win, and, and these Insurgent populist candidates running on shoestring budgets are simply going to lose the seat to a Republican. What what is your well? One of the other one of the other races I went to look at is in the seventh district in Texas, uh, where the centrist Democrats not only said that they dumped a whole opposition research dossier on Laura Moser, who was running in that district in the primary, uh, and despite dumping the dossier on her, she's in the runoff uh, against. Lizzie Pinnell Fletcher, who was the anointed candidate of the DCCC and also of Emily's List, even though there isn't a wit's difference between these two women on, on women's issues, health care, abortion, etc. And I think it's also interesting to look at, there are races in the country, I don't have them on the top of my head, where the, where the more left candidate actually raised more money, because the the fiction that you've got to be corporate friendly to raise money has been was exploded by Howard Dean in 2004. I mean, we've known for a long time that Democrats don't have to suck up to corporate donors in order to run realistic campaigns. It's a choice some of them do, but you can raise money on the other side. It's harder, but you can do it. And yet when when you have a, an insurgent candidate who raises that kind of money, the centrists never say to the to the centrist candidate you know, kid, it's not your night. They never say that. <laughs> the person in Texas among the insurgent Democrats who 
everybody has heard of is Beto O'Rourke, who raised a lot of money. He is the hope of the Democrats to take the Senate seat away from the horrible Ted Cruz, and he made national headlines the quarter that he actually raised more money than the horrible Ted Cruz. Everybody says Beto is charismatic and young and appealing and speaks fluent Spanish. I've had a hard time figuring out exactly what are Beto O'Rourke's politics. Uh, I wonder if you can help. Well, I don't think that's an accident. <laughs> I spoke to Beto O'Rourke, and I can personally attest to the fact that he is charming on the telephone. Uh, and I've spoken to a lot of his supporters as I, as I drove across Texas. Um, and I think what's interesting about Beto, if you look at his pictures, he, he, he does have an uncanny physical resemblance to young Bobby Kennedy, the, the Bobby Kennedy who was John F. Kennedy's attorney general. You know, he's got the buck teeth and the thatch of hair and the ready grin, and he's also very thin. But the thing about him that reminds me uncannily of Bobby Kennedy was the fact that Bobby Kennedy was, if you'll recall, somebody who was beloved by Mayor Daley and the Daley machine in Chicago and was also beloved by Cesar Chavez. Yeah. Uh, and Dolores Huerta. And, you know, there was this ability that Bobby had, without appearing completely calculating about it, to, uh, to, to have it both ways, to appeal to constituencies who, in fact, hate each other. And I saw a bit of that with Beto O'Rourke in Texas. I mean, I talked to people who really, really don't like corporate Democrats and who love Beto, and then I talk to people who are corporate Democrats and who love Beto. <laughs> um, and it's also interesting that, you know, he was a Hillary Clinton superdelegate in 2016, and yet he's come out for Medicare for All. And if there's any litmus test that separates the Bernie Krat sheep from the corporate goats, it's Medicare for All. <laughs> uh, and I think the fact that Beto has come out for it full-throatedly is interesting. You know, we're not supposed to punditize here, but I wonder if you think Beto has a chance. One of the Texas newspapers said, if you're going to bet on Beto, get odds. (laughs) And I think that's probably reasonable advice. He's still a long shot, but, you know, to the extent that money talks, he's outraised Ted Cruz. And also, a point about Ted Cruz that a lot of people have forgotten is that Ted Cruz lost the Republican primary in, in his first and only competitive race. He was a he was a Tea Party challenger who came in second, like some of the people I'm writing about from the left, who squeaked into a runoff, and then he just out-organized his opponent in the runoff. He hasn't faced a really competitive race since then. So it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens with O'Rourke and Cruz when they're actually competing against each other, because, of course, Beto has no significant primary opposition. My understanding of Texas politics is quite simple, and that's that the Democrats' big problem, aside from gerrymandering and vote suppression, is turnout. Latinos don't vote in Texas the way they do in California. That's because, basically, they don't have a labor movement led by Latinos that focuses on elections. And the basic question, people who think about it that way, is, What's going to change that situation? Uh, Texas is certainly not going to get a vibrant Latino labor movement since it's an open shop state. Exciting candidates would help. And I just wonder, is your sense that is Beto exciting enough to increase turnout significantly? Are the Castro twins capable of, uh, of doing this? 
The Castro twins are not capable of doing this, not because they're not both reasonably charismatic, but because they don't really have anything to offer people to change their lives. I mean, you know, this is the... This is the offer that Hillary Clinton made, which is that America is already great. We don't really need to change very much. It really annoys people, if not infuriates them, when, when they know from their own lives that that's not the case. I, I think that whether it happens this year or in a future year, I do think that Rick Trevino is a kind of candidate who can excite not just Hispanic voters in, in Texas, but also uh, progressive and populist voters in Texas. And he's running in a district that's 70% Hispanic, but of course the voting population is not 70% Hispanic. So, you know, that in a sense is what's going to make the difference for him. If he can excite Hispanic voters, then he really has a chance. If not, not. The other thing to say is that Texas is not a Republican state, as they say. It's a Democratic state with a turnout problem. Yeah. And a large part of that, though, is not just the lack of a Hispanic-led labor movement, but gerrymandering. I mean, if if you've been voting for years and nothing changes because your district is so gerrymandered that wherever you are, you're diluted by literally thousands of square miles of white rural Texas voters, you know, you begin to think it's not worth the bother. Don Guttenplan, his report, Texas Showdown, Inside the Battle for the Democratic Party is the cover story in the new issue of The Nation. You can read it now at thenation.com. Thank you, Don. It's always great to have you on the show. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure to talk to you. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.